This is a special three-part episode recorded live at Endeavor Run, a running retreat that happened in Boulder in August 2021. The panel was led by Jake Tuber of Endeavor Run with Olympian Kate Grace, writer Matt Fitzgerald, podcaster Jason Fitzgerald, and sports dietitian Lydia Nader. Part one of the conversation can be found on Jason's podcast called Strength Running, and part three can be found on Matt's podcast called 80-20 Endurance Podcast. Again, this is part two. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Goo Energy Labs, a performance sports nutrition brand that I love. I've been using Goo products for the majority of my running career, and watching their products and team evolve over time has been super cool to see. Offering initially just energy gels, they now offer gels, chews, stroop waffles, post-training recovery mix, electrolyte options, traditional nutritional supplements like vitamin D, magnesium, and more. I use just about all their products on a regular basis and lately have been loving their liquid gels, which I found to be the easiest mid-run fuel of anything I've tried yet. For the long run listeners, get 20% off anything on their site with the code FTLR at gooenergy.com. Enjoy. Next question for the panel. And this is going to be slightly different for Jason and Matt and Lydia as folks who kind of coach others explicitly as runners. I lost my pen. You lost your pen. All right, panel's over. Panel's over. The pen is gone. Spotted. Shout out to Donald. Spotted from the outskirts of the audience here. So this question is going to be a little bit different for Jason, Matt, and Lydia as folks who coach others, either as running as part of the training or Lydia as a, as a dietitian. Uh, you're going to want you to approach this as coaches. Kate and Peter, I'd like you to approach this as coachees, people who are coached. What's the most impactful conversation you've ever had, either as a coach or with a coach? What was the gist of it? Did you write down the whole conversation? Yeah, yeah verbatim, <laughs> line by line. As long as you got a you got a waiver for it, right? You can repeat it. Yeah, write it down the line. But no, what was the gist of it? Write down the gist of it so that you can remember and our audience can see. And while you write this down, I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of the sponsors who made this Endeavor Run retreat happen. Uh, first and foremost, Tracksmith and Premvita for supplying some absolutely outstanding gear. Athletic Brewing, Rise, Split, Picky Bars have been great. Uh, Goo sent a ton of stuff over. Knockaround sent us some awesome sunglasses. And Inside Tracker, one of our premier sponsors, really helped us make this whole thing possible in really great ways. Uh, strengthrunning.com. Pretty great website. It's been the source of a lot of the material we've done as well. So I want to make sure to thank them. And they're going to be hopefully mainstays a lot of our future events as well. You didn't actually have to write down the whole conversation. Yes. It's been published. Would you like to? I don't doubt that. All right, let's turn this over. One, two, three. Hold on. We'll come to Matt's last because I don't have a magnifying glass. Peter, you wrote Love the Lifestyle. Lydia, you wrote, your body has its own language. Can you translate it? We're learning to trust your body. Matt, you said, you said yeah, I talked to an athlete through fear of running after another runner in area was sexually assaulted. Wow, that's powerful. Jason, you wrote, trust in training. Kate, show up, level up. Let's start there. Yeah, are you selling shirts? Because that sounds awesome. 
Show up, level up. What does that mean? Who said it to you? I'm thinking of two different coaches, one in 2016, kind of like in the lead up to the Rio, uh, to like the Rio campaign. I think we were talking earlier about people who respond well to negative versus positive and reinforcement. And in general, I like positive reinforcement most of the time, but I do really appreciate a coach like holding my hand to the fire if I'm being a little like, just like kind of uh, wimp, but not wimp, but I don't know, just like not trusting myself or not performing to my abilities or like not kind of like uh, performing to our agreement that I would be at this level, I guess. Uh, so yeah, basically like maybe I wasn't um, doing kind of what we'd agreed on. Maybe I, I, I mean, I was still doing my runs, but I, I forget. I think that specific case, I honestly like had to change around a run because I was trying to help a friend and there, I had this whole great excuse and like her dog was like sick and so whatever, like there was all this other stuff going on. The dog on. ate your long I, like, run? I basically like let chaos come into my training. And there's, you always have excuses like that. And it's okay when like chaos can come in because obviously like life happens. But in general, I really appreciate a coach who like understands that, but also is like, okay, but also like no BS. You need to do this. Like we agreed on this. You want this. Now, most of the time you want this. Now let me give this to you and like hold you to it when maybe you're like kind of faltering. You've had an incredible season this year. It's 2021. And for those who are track and field fans, either watching here or at home or listening on the recording, just to give a quick recap, Kate was running the 800, which is roughly, Jason, half a mile for those who are not track and field, roughly half a mile. And has already been one of the best American female 800 meter runners in the country's history. And then just this past year, consistently started beating your own PRs to the point where you are someone who, when people say like, Kate is an 800 meter, you're a 157, 800 meter runner. That's you. It wasn't like, that's your PR. That's who you are. A meteoric rise. What do you attribute it to this past year? Uh, there's like so many different ways I could answer that. But I, if I'm going to go in line with my response here, I do again. So I, there wasn't a specific conversation with Joe, who's my current coach, but I do, again, really appreciate coach, it's like this idea that they care for you. You know, they care for you. You trust that. So if they're going to be harsh with you, it's not like there's still like a level of psychological safety, but yeah, like I had a bad race at the, or didn't have a, was a disappointed with my race at the trials and he just didn't let me wallow in that. And not that he was necessarily like harsh with anything, but just like, wouldn't entertain those conversations. And we were just like, okay, we're on to the next one let's keep going. And I always say that like, I think it's very good to move on from races. What well, good way to move on from races is the idea that like your actions don't have to, be, have to be dictated by your feelings, kind of like the cognitive behavioral therapy stuff that even if you feel crappy, you can still go for your run, your actions will, and your behaviors will slowly change your emotions and your feelings. And that I think is a great way to bounce back from a like disappointing race. That's awesome. It's been great to watch you run so incredibly well this year. Peter, I want to come over to you. Show us your answer to this question again. Love the lifestyle. That might be, if I had to come up with a Peter Bromka motto for your t-shirt, that, that works pretty well too. What's that about? I don't have a coach, but I have a good friend who has, I was telling someone, been running 4,000 miles a year for a decade and has improved at some distance every year for the past 11 years. So when he and I met seven years ago, I, through many conversations, asked him like, how do you do this? And how do you approach this? And what he, what came through most clearly from what, how the way he described running was he loves it. A lot of runners love running, but he built his life and his lifestyle around, you know, 
getting running in and enjoying the months in process of improvement. So if you hear a lot of people, I think maybe out of stress when they're really leaning into a marathon training program, talking about the grind, talking about the stress of it. And to me, that's a sign loud and clear that they're not going to be able to stay in that zone for very long. Um, and so then you hear a lot of athletes, they run a marathon and then they take a couple months, like very down and then say, Oh, maybe I'll do another marathon. And, um, you realize, Oh, you may have actually like receded further than you would have hoped because you set up a way of doing the sport that is not, you're not really enjoying. You might sometimes enjoy the outcome or you might momentarily enjoy the process, but if you can find a, like a low simmer at which to enjoy it, you can make it a lot further than like a high heat that you can't stand for very long. T-shirts all day long. Yeah, I'm excited for you and Kate's t-shirt business, but <laughs> the idea of a low simmer, I think is really, really cool. That sits really well. Lydia, talk to us about what you wrote here with your uh, response to this question. So this comes from... Uh, and read it to us again if yes, you would. Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> I guess we're good you're then. <laughs> Thanks for coming, folks. Matt can read. We're good to go. Go ahead, Lydia. Your body has its own language. Can you translate it? And this goes into learning to trust your own body. And this, I think, applies to nutrition um, from a dietitian standpoint, but also just applies to the running in that aspect. Um, so this comes from personal experience and applying it to my knowledge and my education um, of feeling like I never trusted my body and I always felt like I had to push it, push it, push it. I've been running since I was 10 years old. So I'm almost, you know, I'm going to age myself here. I'm tw almost 20 years running, um, which is a lot of years running. And when I was younger, I used to just like push and push in high school, even in college when I started running halves and fulls. And I never trusted my body, both in my nutrition, even though I knew the knowledge, as well as in my training. And the minute I got injured and I started having forced step back, I started to learn that the more that I just listened to my body, the better my training, the better my nutrition, all of the things would fall into place if I just put my trust in that my body would tell me what it needed when it needed it. Now the knowledge goes into that, but there is that trust in your body that it's gonna tell you exactly what you need when you need it, but you have to be able to translate the language or the signals your body is going to give you. What are some of the things you're listening to? What are some of the things you're you're listening to that you're signaling on? I mean, a really simple one is if you're cramping all the time and runs, that's a signal that your body probably needs more hydration. Really simple. Listen to it. Another one is if you are really fatigued all the time. Maybe you need to address your nutrition. Maybe you need to get a blood test. Maybe you need to, you know, look into some different options like inside tracker. Um, you know, there's lots of different things to be able to know and understand your body. Sometimes you do need tools to be able to interpret the language or the signals your body's giving you. But we as a culture, and I think especially as runners, we have this unique ability to really we can be so in tune with our bodies and what it's telling us, but sometimes we choose to ignore it because we think we know better than our own bodies. And I think that that, you know, from a nutrition standpoint, so much plays into the role of people just want to say, I know better than my own body knows. And we want to push back on that. And so I challenge people to say, your body does know what you need. It might take a while for you to learn how to interpret it, but if you truly do interpret it properly and learn those signals and how to interpret it, then you will become a stronger athlete and you will see the goals that you want come to fruition. Jason, trust in training. Yeah, I feel like my answer is very similar to Lydia's and, and just kind of a different perspective. Like I, I have 
conversations with runners, particularly that I'm coaching one-on-one about their training, about how things have been going, about their tune-up races. And uh, whenever we're in a situation where they're doubting themselves or there's a lack of confidence or you know, they're, they're talking more about their B or C tier goal rather than their A tier goal. I feel like part of my job is being in the business of persuading a runner to trust their training and to trust the signals that their body is telling them that, Hey, they can actually go do this. You know, it's almost like, um, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're afraid of succeeding, but it's still, before you do it, it can be very anxiety producing to say, I'm going to go do this big thing, like run a sub three marathon or qualify for Boston or whatever it might be. And, you know, when I look at their training, I'm telling them, but look, you did this and we improved X, Y, Z over time. And you've run more than you ever have. You PR'd in the half marathon leading up to this marathon. All the signs are pointing towards a great race. Now, of course things can happen, but we should, you know, it's almost like you have to show up, right? Uh, and it's almost similar to yours, Kate. You know, if, if all the signs are pointing towards you having a good race, you being able to accomplish your goal, I feel like my job as a coach is to convince that athlete not to shortchange themselves, to, to go all in 100% and just to go after it. Because a lot of my job is kind of pulling an athlete back, you know, run slower a little bit and, and you know, maybe let's not do that workout so hard. But sometimes I'm, we're all in we're going to go hard on this race. You can handle this pacing strategy and, and, and let's just see what happens because I think more likely than not, you're going to be successful. And, and sometimes not all the time, but, but often those runners have breakthroughs and it's just so rewarding to see because, you know, without a little bit of prodding, and I think every runner needs that so often they wouldn't have gone on to do that. It's a really interesting answer because it so nicely echoes what Peter and Matt have both written about so much in terms of, I know what the process is and I trust it. You know, Peter, for your marathon buildups, Matt, I'm thinking in particular about how you've talked to me and I think wrote a little bit about how going into that Chicago marathon after spending the summer in Flagstaff, you knew I was going to be running 604, 605 pace. I know I'm ready for this. And there was a, a trust piece there that was really cool. So really interesting answer there, Jason, that, that really tied in, I think, what everyone else either said here or has to say. Matt, I want to touch on this answer. It seems like a pretty intense and powerful conversation. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote about this, uh, or it's just, it's an anecdote really in uh, the comeback quotient. And it's a, a big part of like my shtick as a coach is getting athletes to fully face reality. That's what that book is all about. Uh, there's an epigraph I include in the book from the psychologist Robert Travers in the line, which I absolutely, this is my t-shirt. The human capacity for self-delusion knows no limit. Uh, <laughs> And we're all walking around lying to ourselves on some level or another all the time. And when athletes, are, I just, I feel like fully facing whatever the relevant reality is in your athletic journey is essential to getting where you want to go. And we don't want to do it. There are truths that, you know, force us to see ourselves in a way we don't want to see ourselves that, that we try to protect ourselves from. And this was an example of that. It's hyper-specific, but I think it, it makes the point generally. It's this runner who had a diagnosed case of PTSD that came about from a major health scare that occurred at the end of a half marathon. So, you know, I'm dealing with a client with a diagnosed PTSD, and then there's a, a woman who was running in her area who was sexually assaulted, and it was all over the news. They caught the perpetrator, but, you know, she told me about it, and she said, you know, I think maybe I should take a few days off running and to process this, and my sleep is off, and, you know, I'm not eating, and I think I should just get that stuff squared away before I run again. And my first thought was, okay, you know, that's 
possible, but it's also possible that you had this underlying fear of running and you'll, you'll reach for, I mean, this is a, a serious incident, but yeah. she was safe, you know? And, and so I thought, well, there's a possibility that you're just taking an excuse. Um, so, but that, but that didn't, couldn't come, come from me. I had to sort of bring her there. So I just had a conversation and I'm actually not very good at these kinds of conversations, but I was trying to be just very tactful and, and pull it out of here. Like, you know, have you considered that maybe, you know, like, you know, sort of facing this fear might be actually an important step forward for you. And is that an alternative? And I could just see the relief wash over her face where I was basically saying, it's okay. You know, it's okay for this to be true, for you to be afraid and just say it. And this is how it's going to be with me going forward. And I try to model that too. An example I like to give is like, there was one time I got a call from an athlete and it was, I was like reading, it was late. And I saw the number, I'm like, shit. I had an appointment with this athlete and I just plum forgot. I guess I went to voicemail and I called him back right afterward. And I, I was very, very briefly tempted to make an excuse. And I said, nope, <laughs> you got to live it <laughs> on your side too. And I told him, I forgot. I, I forgot. Was that me? Uh, that was you actually. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't you. But I, I try to create a space where like nothing's off limits. If it's true and it's relevant, we can talk about it. Um, and it gets people places. And so that's just like kind of a traumatic, super specific example. But um, you know, I really drive home that message in the comeback quotient. Like, it's hard. It's harder than you think to face reality, but it like there's no way to get where you want to go without you know getting good at that. Yeah, that's a really useful anecdote to illustrate that notion that almost almost no fear is overcome without facing it in some way. The one exception was when I was eight, I went to go see the Little Princess, and I was really terrified. And I it just haven't faced it since, but now I'm not really afraid of it anymore. I just, I kind of forgot what it was about. Uh, a couple of quick questions. Thank you very much. A couple of quick questions from our uh, team here to write these down. Thanks for tuning in to the second part of this three-part release. For the third and final segment, jump over to Matt Fitzgerald's podcast called 8020 Endurance Podcast. Enjoy. Thanks again to Goo Energy Labs for sponsoring this episode. Initially known as The Energy Gel Company, Goo now offers several different product lines designed to meet the needs of today's athlete. It's not just the mid-run refueling option that I love, but their post-run recovery protein that mixes so well with coffee, or even the before-bed magnesium and vitamin D supplement too. No other magnesium supplement has worked as well as theirs has for me. This season of running is a great time to try something new, so why not try Goo? For the long run listeners, get 20% off anything on their site with the code FTLR at gooenergy.com. This podcast and the accompanying music has been produced by Brian Walters of Single Track Sound. For the Long Run's logo was created by Vanessa Wolf of Sterling Wolf. 